0: Well guys, three things I want to share with you this morning as we dive into the final chapter of James, and I, I hope it doesn't come off as scattered, but when we get to chapter five, James is kind of tying up um, this this kind of thesis he's been writing, this letter he's, he's been writing to Christians. Remember, he was kind of the head of the church in Jerusalem. He's writing, he sees a primary problem in in the church as a whole, not just in Jerusalem, but all the churches scattered around, and it's that... Uh, the people of God are very immature in their faith. So this whole letter has been about spiritual maturity and and now he's kind of putting the finishing remarks on his letter and so all these things are of of, uh, great importance as he wraps things up. That's kind of how we write letters, right? We we kind of have a hello, I love you, we kind of get to the point and then when we're wrapping things up at the end we kind of re-emphasize those important things and that's what James is going to do here. And so three things I want to share with you. Here's the first this morning. I want you to know that according to this letter, this epistle, uh, that we should live like heaven is real and Jesus is coming back soon, okay? We should live like heaven is real and like Jesus is coming back soon. And again, if you have your Bibles, I'm gonna read the first six verses here, the first little section of the final chapter of James. He writes, come now, you rich people. Weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Wow, James. Um, He says, You've stored up treasure in the last days. Look, the pay that you withheld from the workers who mowed your field cries out and the outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You've lived luxuriously on earth And you have indulged yourselves. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous. Who does not resist you? And uh, James is almost, if if you remember what we talked about last week, he's almost quoting the Sermon on the Mount here, right? We actually looked at these verses last week, but I wanted to bring them up again this week. Jesus, uh, teaching the Sermon on the Mount, says this, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 19 and 20, he says, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth okay, where, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where uh, neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and, and steal. And, and so James, I mean, it, guys, it, it's, it, it's not verbatim. But you can totally see that he is, is basically quoting his brother, that he's quoting Jesus here. Uh, look at verse 2. I'll, I'll just kind of highlight that language, those similarities. Uh, he, he says, Your wealth has rotted, okay, uh, and, and your clothes are moth-eaten, right? It's the same visual imagery. Your, your gold and your silver are, are corroded. And, and so what James is doing is he's tying his, his final kind of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Here's the end of this letter. And he, he's tying it to the words that his brother Jesus spoke uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. by using those same ili- uh, images, he's trying to make a point, Right? And that, that point is exactly what Jesus taught. And that, that, that point is that, guys, there is a place called heaven. It is absolutely real. And, and, and when you get there, you will receive a reward for what you have done on earth. Okay, that's what Jesus taught. There's going to be rewards in heaven. Now, we don't talk about that a lot in church. We're like, heaven's the reward. Yes, it is. Being with God, being in the presence of Jesus, being saved, uh, that is definitely a great reward. But there's something else there. Jesus talks about these these treasures that you can store up for yourself in heaven, right? So that's that's a biblical conversation. And James is going like, listen, so uh, just like Jesus said, you can live one of two ways. You can live like heaven is real. And you can make your focus on all the stuff that will last forever. That when you get to be with God, there's going to be some kind of reward. We don't know what that is. But you live your life with that aim, with that focus. Or you can be like these rich people in this passage, which he condemns, by the way. Because instead of focusing on what was eternal and what mattered, they cared so much about stuff here on earth that they mistreated others. They stepped on others to get what they wanted now. And he's going, hey... Uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to be punished for that, right? So there's eternal reward. There's also eternal punishment. So, so he kind of begins there. We need to live like heaven is real, okay? So that's where he starts. But he doesn't stop there because he immediately attaches uh, to that, verse 7 and 8. And here is what that says. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore, that means because, because those things I just talked about are, are real. That's a, that he's attaching something here. He says, therefore, be patient, But because that's real, because heaven is real, okay, because there's reward and there's punishment, you, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit. Okay, again, we're thinking about uh, future rewards. See how the farmer waits for that precious fruit of the earth and he's patient with it until he receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. And be patient. That fruit, that reward is coming. Jesus is coming. And with him comes some things, right? So this is a call to endurance. Jesus is coming. And when he comes, right? Okay, there's going to be reward for the faithful. There's going to be judgment and punishment for the unfaithful. Uh, That means any of you that have been harmed, right? So the, the rich, they made their wealth here on earth by stepping on people's backs. I know that's never happened to you, right? You never thought in your mind, oh gosh, I hope that person... Uh, I, I've told you, I share with you guys all the time, the worst part of me comes out when I'm driving. It just does, right? Anybody ever see somebody driving like a complete... I'm not even going to say the word. There's kids in here, but they're just not driving well. Anybody see that, right? Uh, we, we're driving back from, um, from Canyon Lake. From a, We visited my mom yesterday, uh, just kind of for a night, and we're driving back, and I've got two kids that in the car that... Uh, one is about tickets his driver's test. The other is about to start driving. And as we're driving back, you know, uh, there's, there's a motorcycle coming up. I was like, hey, you know, you always got to look out for motorcycles. You always got to be careful. And then the guy decides he's going to pass in between two cars where there's not a lane. He's just going to go in between. And I was like, see? And that's the problem there. You have to always be looking out, but they can do whatever. they. And it's just frustrating. And, and in my, it, I'm just being honest with you, in my flesh, I always think, Where's the cop when you need... Just pull that guy over, right? In a greater way, things have happened to us in our lives where people have taken advantage of us and they've hurt us for their own gain. And what God promises is this, y'all, is wait patiently. Because God is just, right? And that punishment will come. And so we have to live like Jesus is real, right? That there is reward, uh, that that's going to happen, but also, uh, we have to live like he's coming back soon, right? That he's coming back soon. So my question then off that first point is, how are you doing? Are you living that way? That's a question we should ask, right? Are we living like Jesus is uh, coming back soon? Are we living like heaven is real? Are you storing up treasure in heaven right now? Or have you got caught up in all this? This stuff down here is distracting, amen? Amen. Everybody else get distracted, get caught up. Like we it's a constant reminder. We come to church to be reminded there is another kingdom. And it's real and it lasts forever. And all this stuff down here, it's all going away. It's all don't get caught up in it. It's all going away. So that's the first thing. We should live like heaven is real and Jesus is coming back. Second point, guys, is because we are surrounded by a watching world, we must be truthful and precise in our speech. Okay? Because we are surrounded by a watching world, we must be truthful and precise in our speech. Uh, Look with me at verse 12. I'll put it up on the screen uh, for you. He, He writes, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes mean yes and let your no mean no, so that you won't fall under judgment. So that you won't fall under judgment. Just think about that with me for a second. Uh, he's, he's wrapping things up, and he's just told us that we should live like heaven is real, like Jesus is coming back. And then and then he says, while you're waiting for that, by the way, above all else, above everything else that you do, watch your mouth. Seems weird, right? Anybody else feel like that? Like above all else, James, I gotta watch my mouth? That's really what's of most. He said, yeah. That. you gotta, you got to live for heaven. you got to live for eternal reward. You have to live like Jesus is coming back, uh, and, and, and there's going to be judgment and punishment. That changes, by the way, how I live. I, I live for others. I live sharing the gospel, telling people Jesus is returning because I want them to be in heaven with me. That's part of the reward, right? So everything changes because of that. And he's like, and oh, by the way, while you're doing all that, you better watch your mouth. Above all else, watch your mouth. Now, why would he say that? I think he says that because of what Jesus says, because of what Solomon uh, teaches. You know, in in Proverbs 18.21, Solomon writes, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James has talked about this, right, in in the letter. He's like, what's the hardest part of your body to tame? That little thing out of your mouth. So James has already emphasized the importance of our words. Uh, Jesus teaches. He he taught in, I think it's Matthew 12. Jesus taught that we're going to be held accountable for every word we speak. He says this. He says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. And I don't I won't know about you, but that, it just makes me think. We should think when we read the Bible, right? And so I hear Jesus Say something like that. You're going to be held accountable for every word. I read uh, James right. above all else, watch your mouth. And and, and something in my spirit says, why is my mouth so important? Why do do my words matter that much to God? And I believe the answer is found in the teaching of our Lord in Matthew chapter 5. Again, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you are the light of the world. You are. You are. He already said he is. But then he's just saying, but something's happening. There's going to be a transference here. Right? Jesus taught through his whole ministry that he was going away. And so he's like, listen, I am. But then he's like, no, no, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. If we were to study scripture in its entirety, we would find the apostle Paul uh, calls us ambassadors of Christ that we're his earthly representatives. If we were to continue to read the writings of Paul, he would remind us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And he would basically say, how will anyone ever be saved if we don't go out and preach the gospel? If we don't go out and share the good news, how will anyone hear it and come to faith? Right? In this reminder, our words matter that you're an important part of God's plan. You are, okay? So the church only has a handful of pastors, y'all. Only a handful of pastors. But the entire church are ministers, right? I'm I'm your pastor. We just hired another pastor on staff, right? Uh, John is our executive pastor. He's going to help us organize and run our ministries. But our church, I'm looking out this morning in this service, I see 70 ministers of the gospel in this early service. We're all ministers of the gospel. So our words matter to a watching world. Okay, last point. And I'll let you go. I want you to understand that a community of kingdom-focused believers can powerfully impact the world. A community of kingdom-focused believers can powerfully impact Impact the world. And so uh, I just want to close again. Um, I'm, I'm in the book of James, chapter 5. I'm going to read this last little section. Starting in verse 13, James writes as he concludes his letter Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church. And they're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. And then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruits. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And that's how the letter ends. And the entire last section is a description of a people of God that are living life for a completely different purpose. They spend their life in prayer with one another, in community with one another. They're singing praises to God for all that He's done. When anyone's sick, they pray over them. And it has this reminder, I love this verse in verse 16. It says, therefore confess your sins to one another. That's another thing they're doing. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful and effective. I'm just telling you, a, a community of believers that are focused like that, God, God in His Word, time and time again, He uses them powerfully to do amazing things. All right? So I just believe that with all my heart, um, that God powerfully uses kingdom-focused believers. So with that in mind, what, what do we do because of this last chapter of the book of James? A, a few things. Number one, uh, number one, I want to challenge you uh, to focus on eternal reward. I want to challenge you to focus on eternal reward. And you may say, that sounds weird, pastor, to focus on eternal reward. Isn't that wrong? No, it's biblical. Uh, like the Bible talks about it. Jesus talks about it. It's okay to live your life uh, on purpose uh, to gain um, something in glory. Now, here's the thing. We don't know what that something is. Like, you could you talk to tons of of Bible scholars. They have all kinds of different answers. Some, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the street you live on. I don't know if it's the bigger, you know, old, old uh, King James Version talks about everybody gets a mansion, you know. Uh, I, other translations say a room, just so you know. I don't want you to be freaked out if you get there and you just got a room. Uh, I, I, like, I, I literally don't know. I, I Some people believe... Uh, it's what you're in charge of. God's going to restore dominion to mankind. He's going to make like like heaven is not just some our, our ethereal place. The Bible says that God is going to make the earth new. Uh, that it's going to pass. There's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and 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 that's gonna that that's actually heaven. So if you have a loved one, are like, well, they're in heaven now. Where are they? Like, I don't know. Maybe an invisible plane because it says that we're surrounded by by uh, you know a great cloud of witnesses. They see us somewhere we can't see them. Uh, so like I I can't explain it to you, but I know. that that the final heaven is a new earth uh, that that is beautiful, that there's zero sin and that God restores unto humanity whom he has saved, dominion. And so so maybe it's something there. Maybe you get to be in charge of something a little more important because you were faithful with little. You got in charge of much, right? That's biblical. So I can't tell you exactly what the reward is. I can't. But I can 100% tell you that the reward is real. Maybe that's just relationships and it's people. How sweet that'll be to spend eternity worshiping Jesus with people that we got to play a part of them coming to know the Lord. How cool was that, right? I, I don't know, but I know it's real. I know we need to live for it. And so uh, I want to challenge you guys. When we come to church, we come to church with a mindset, we're going to participate in worship. So participating means we sing when we sing, we pray when we pray, we give when we give, and we study when we study. And so part of that studying I say to you on a regular basis is we come and we listen, we take notes, and we want you to leave thinking about it. So this this week when I I say focus on the eternal reward, I'm just going to read to you the first question in our discussion questions that we hope you go home every week and, and talk about these throughout your week. It says, how often do you think about the concept of reward? in heaven. Why don't you go home and think about that? How often do you think about that concept? Jesus clearly challenges his followers to live for heavenly reward instead of earthly gain. So here's that second follow-up question. Why is that so hard for us? Okay? Why is that so hard for us? Just go home and talk about it, all right? The challenge this week is to start living for Uh, Eternal reward, not for earthly gain. Second thing, guys, because of the word of God, and we want to challenge you this week to watch your witness closely. To watch your witness closely. We are ambassadors of Christ. Our mouths matter. Our words matter. Our social media presence matters. Okay? So, So when people see us, when they think of us, do they think about Jesus? Do they think about the kingdom of God? Or are they thinking about something else that doesn't matter nearly as much? Our words matter. So again, we've got a question for you. Why why do you think God places such an emphasis on the words that we speak? That's the third question uh, in our discussion question. How are the people around you affected by your words? Based on your life, do you consider yourself to be a light of the world? Explain. Lastly, we, we ask in the third discussion point, is there anything you can do to improve that? Right? I want you to think about that this week. Go home thinking, am I a light in the world? Could I do better? And if God says, yeah, you could do better work on it this week, that's all we ask. And then lastly, uh, guys, we would love it if you would join our community as we focus on being who God has called us to be, okay? Um, We believe that uh, a group of people that are kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused can powerfully impact their world. And everything that we're doing right now as a church is about other people. It's about the kingdom of God. So, uh, in a moment, I'm going to talk to you about the the, the the construction update and what we're building. We're building that so that we can be a kingdom focused people. Um, when we talk about a new ministry model next week, that's not about us. It's not about what we would like. It was so we'll be a kingdom focused people. And so, uh, just join us in that. Right. In fact, this morning, speaking of joining us in that, uh, I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna call them out right now. So, uh, Chris and Krista Alford are right here. They're waving their hands, guys. So y'all look at them. Wave hands right over there, okay? So so uh, they uh, said uh, like a while back, hey, we want to join the church, and it's been summertime, and people are here or there, and um, so we're so excited that they want to be a part of what God is doing here at uh, First Baptist Church Elgin. So if you're a member, uh, and you would just rejoice with me in receiving them as members, will you just raise your hand real quick and say amen? Amen! amen. Hallelujah! About time, about time. I'm saying, Chris, it's about time. No, no we're so pumped and they're going to be awesome in what the Lord wants to do in this uh, age group of, of people in our church and so we just want you to be a part of that guys a uh, few things I want to run through this morning so I'm going to start here it is, uh, it is our final Sunday of the month at the end of every month we do a construction update and uh, we call it Give Big Sunday and we're going to have another opportunity remember on this day we ask everybody to give something above and beyond uh, your tithe something anything y'all you'd be like all I got is 10 bucks cool that's cool That God will multiply that Like whatever you can afford to give, we're going to ask you to give, but I want to give you this update real quick. So here it is, it's July 31st, Uh, let's go through these pictures real quick. Okay, so our goal, first of all, can we start there? Guys, we raised our goal, the goal was 800,000, then we raised the goal uh, to a million, and and then uh, y'all have been so faithful in your tithing. Not even giving above and beyond. You've been faithful in that too. But just so faithful in the tithing that our finance committee was like, we've got extra money in the bank. We're moving it to the future fund. So they just transferred another $25,000 towards that on top of what you give. So we've also exceeded the goal of a million dollars. Hello. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Isn't God good? So I don't know. We'll come back with some higher goal. I don't know. Now, at this point, so here's what I want to... When, when seriously people go, well, what's the goal for? We, we had to have a certain level to get into a loan. We don't really want want to pay four million uh, you know the note on a four million dollar loan so we're now entering the point from now until our two year window of interest only runs uh, runs away that that we need to to pay that sucker down so it, it's not like okay I'm done we really want to encourage you be with us through that whole process let's pay the sucker down so we don't have to take out a huge loan let's just see what the Lord does so just keep being faithful okay so I say that to you so here's pictures uh, last month this is where we left you. Looked like that. The crane had showed up on site. We had some concrete, but a little bit of the parking lot had been poured, and we were starting to erect steel. Looks a little bit different this morning. Here's what it looks like right now. Uh, so, that uh, that is a building, y'all. Uh, and then uh, basically, all of the parking lot has been poured except for um, just the little drive through section and then this back corner where the crane was. And a little zoom in, just, just in case you're wondering, that's a little better picture of the building. So, it's right by the high school, Elgin High School. If you want to go drive past it, they're making tons of progress. We got a lot of roof done um, this week and now we've got to get the roof of the sanctuary done and so uh, it's awesome. Guys, God is is so good. God is so good and so uh, really really cool. So last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you uh, this morning if you would give something above and beyond. I'm just going to give you like 30-40 seconds to do it. I'm going to pray for it. Uh, The easiest way again, there's there's envelopes in the pew in front of you or you can go directly to our website using the QR code that will be on the next slide right there. Uh, This one does not take you just to the giving section. It actually takes you to to the designated future fund giving section. So it's a different place, and we're going to ask everyone just give, give something uh, this morning. It's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice, okay? So we're not all going to give the same amount. We all just want to give from that same place, God. I'm going to make a sacrifice above and beyond this morning. So let me pray for that. I'll give you 30, 40 seconds to do it, and then Miss Catherine's going to come up with a couple announcements. Lord, you have been so faithful unto us. God, um, we we we. There's no way we could do any of this on our own and by ourselves. It has all been a God thing, and so God, we give you the glory this morning. We say you're our provider. We know that you're going to continue to provide, Lord. Do that in our lives through us, that we might see your kingdom come here on earth in Elgin, Texas. Uh, that you would receive the glory and the honor and the praise. Um, be be. Be blessed by these uh, sacrifices above and beyond this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.